You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. Hi guys, I'm so excited to share this podcast with you. I have so much to share with you. I have all my notes around me and I was just looking at all of the things that I wanted to say in the first episode and I kept seeing this and I was like oh yeah and that and oh yeah and I wanted to mention that and this needs to definitely go in there and I should definitely say something about this and I just thought take a moment take a breath remember that you have endless episodes so I'm just gonna go for it I'm just going to share kind of what comes to my heart. So I first started to want to make a podcast because I thought I thought that I had a lot of really great resources that a lot of people could benefit from. And I wanted to share those people. I wanted to to take my village and help other people specifically expecting a new parents. Um, yeah, and that's kind of, that's how it was born. It was just an idea, and I thought, how can I reach expectant and new parents who might also want this information? Um, I already had a website, already had a business, already had a blog, already had, oh my goodness, attended events. The next step was a podcast. So I thought, this is awesome. I can use this podcast um, to really get my mission out there and make an impact for like the greater good of humanity. So I feel very strongly about helping women's health. And through that, I want to empower women but also teach men and women about consent, about what it looks like and what it means and how to advocate for yourself and how to respect other people. So I believe this tiny change in the world about being intentional, about both getting consent and also advocating for yourself, but it can make a huge impact on how we treat others. So I wanted to take this village of people I've built around me who also have the same idea and share it with everybody. And that's, that's what I'm doing. So I also wanted to make this a place of all the options that parents have, whether you're thinking about having a baby, trying to have a baby, expecting a baby, or just had a baby, even if it's your second, third, fourth, fifth child, 
maybe you can get something out of this podcast. I definitely think there is good information and there are, oh my goodness, so many people who are infinite amounts of knowledge. And they're from all different fields. So I want this to be just this pot of knowledge. I just want it to be this place where you can have something you want more information about and hopefully you can dig your hand in the podcast and it it will be there. There'll be an episode about it or there'll be someone who has come on and spoken about it, whether it be from experience or um, as an expert. I think it's important to have have those those people within arm's reach and I feel like that's what I'm trying to do here. Also having those those people within arm's reach is going to be it's going to be really empowering for helping to keep you on you know in the right zone for your your mindset and for your headspace and to make sure that you're always thinking in a positive light and an I can do this light and um what are my options and you know help me explore this if I have all of my options now what do they all mean what do they all entail um pros and cons let me choose the best one for myself and my baby and my family and my situation um so that's that's also really important that we we highlight those points in the podcast too finally I wanted to give a space for parents to share their stories, but also lean on one another. So I found that while things might not be part of like your story specifically, they might not be huge points in your story, you very well may have gone through a similar experience that you can help other parents who are either going through that now or expecting it or just passed and wanted to know if that crazy wild time was normal. That's what I wanted. Um, so I hope that I hope that this can do that too. So the village for, for this podcast is on Facebook and it's the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook. Um, you can just search that and it's parents just like you, who tune in to the podcast each week and also lean on one another. So, yeah, it's a village. It's a village of people just like you who um, who are also kind of in the mindset of we're all in this together and let's help encourage others and help them explore their options and be positive and be kind and be respectful. And I think... I think this is going to be a really amazing group. I'm super excited to see where it goes. So with all that being said, I hope that you have a better grasp of why I started this podcast and my vision of where it goes. Um, I just kind of wanted to be this, this online board of information for you. One of the most common questions I get in an interview um, when someone is seeing if we're a good fit for me to be their doula is, you know, how did you get started doing this? And I always have to give such a shortened version because you have, what, you have a few seconds to say, like, how your business got started. You can't take forever explaining your business in an interview. 
So it's just five or six highlighted points. Be bopped how you got here. Like, boop, boop, boop. This is how I got here. But that's just what's on the surface. So there's such a deeper level. And I think that it must pour out of me when I tell my story of how I got started because most people say like, wow, that's incredible and I really wish we had more time to hear more. So I don't know. I wanted to share my personal story of how I got into this because um, by the end of it, I, I hope that you're able to see this like full puzzle piece of how I got to be who I am and how um, Tranquility by Hee Hee was born. Hey, <laughs> pun somewhat intended. <laughs> I first discovered that pun out of accident and then I was like, wow, that's too good. It must stay around. That one is a good one and now I say it all the time. It's so funny but it is also so, so, so cheesy. You can always get me with a good pun. <laughs> So I grew up in a small town, and I really loved my childhood. Um, my family took family vacations to, like, really fun places. My mom would always try and, like, weave in really corny educational things. Oh, my gosh, and she still does it. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> They're still just as painful for me. Oh, now Nicholas comes with us, and he loves them. Oh, man, you should see the two of them. Wow. Yeah, so we had a lot of fun growing up. Um, yeah, my sister and I went to the same elementary and, and middle school and high school. And when I say same, I mean like she and I went to the same one. But also our kindergarten through our graduation 12th grade was in one location. And yeah growing up in a small town was fun um college was always kind of expected of you um well in our family so we just kind of were expected to go to college and so i graduated and i went to college and i thought oh this is the same warm like hospitable feeling as a small town that i grew up in and it's a college town which seemed really big when i had moved there and it was fun. We had so much freedom. Oh, my goodness. We had so much freedom. Um, and then I moved to Tuscaloosa, and I got my master's at the University of Alabama. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a little bit bigger um, than Starkville, where I had gotten my undergrad. And still had the same really warm feeling. And then I moved to Boston, and it feels totally totally different um so I first knew that I wanted to live in a big city when I danced in the Macy's parade when I was a senior in high school and my mom went with me um, I was the co-captain of her dance team so the two captains went and another chaperone there was the four of us none of us had ever been to New York it was so much fun Again, it felt so free. It was awesome. It was amazing. And I was like, this is it. I have to live in the city. Um, and I held on to that. So I knew at the end of grad school I was going to be living in a big city. What I didn't know was that it was going to be Boston or that it was going to be for a boy, which they never tell you to do. Um, 
hey, I don't know. It's worked out for me. I can't say, I can't say don't do it. It's, it's been a good experience for me. Um, so in grad school, I met Nicholas and, you know, I had these plans to go to New York and he said, let's live in Boston. First, I was a little resistant. I didn't really want to change my plan from, from New York. I wanted to live in New York. Um, but after I came up to visit, I realized that it was just the feeling of the big city um, that I was after. And I, I didn't really, I wasn't really married to one particular city. Um, yeah, I liked Boston when I came to visit. It was really freeing and we had so much fun always and there's always things to do. So that's one of my very favorite things about Boston is that there's always something to do in this city. Um, there's things that cost money, but there's always things that are free so you can, you can literally have so much fun for free but you can also have so much fun and spend so much money. So there's a place here for everybody. Um, there's like, you know, a whole spectrum of that. So yeah, Boston, it's cold. That's what I think about when I think about Boston is that it is a very cold place to live. And the summers are so short. That is, that is probably my biggest complaint. Other than that, it's just learning to be and live in that culture that's different than what I grew up with. Um, but it's been fun because I, I feel like I'm constantly learning, which is something that I like. Um, since um, the safety is different up here. So in the South, most people I think probably lock their doors and their, um, their houses and their cars at night. But if you live way, way out in the country, you don't necessarily do that. Um, you just kind of know that your stuff is safe because you're so far out in the country. But here, everything has to be locked up. Um, the energy is just really different here, too. So um, it was something that I had to get used to. So I promise that for the first year that I lived here, I was exhausted all the time. Life up here is so incredibly fast. Um, people walk fast, people talk fast, people expect things to be fast, they drive fast, service is fast, people eat fast, it is like meetings are fast, it is all of life is fast. All the things fast. Um, people's focus is different up here, so people are very, it's very um, career oriented up here, which is not a bad thing. It's just very different than what I knew. So it took some shifting in my understanding of things. Um, but yeah, priorities are different up here. People's attitudes are different up here. Um, oh my goodness, the weather is different up here, which I think definitely affects people's attitudes. But yeah, there's just a lot of, a lot of differences. And through living up here, I've I've had my eyes open to like so much um, of how the world is different depending on where you live. And I think it really took me living these differences 
to understand them or to at least start to understand how you can think bigger than, you know, what's happening directly in your life right now in this moment or just to you in general. Like it could be sympathizing and trying to understand and being compassionate to a situation that you might not ever be in or you might not ever walk down that path, but you still are able to at least understand where that person is coming from and show kindness. So my transition up here was a little rocky, actually. It wasn't always um, roses and, and butterflies and gold sparkles, although I wish it had been. I really thought it was going to be when I first moved up here. Um, I came up here so excited and... Yeah, I just had so much to learn. I just wasn't prepared for the differences, I think. Um, yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't really a warm greeting, so I think the differences would have been easier to kind of learn and understand and comprehend and be able to assimilate or accommodate or, you know, act in a respectful way if there had been a warm feeling or community or, you know, if the culture was just warmer, I feel like it would have been easier. Um, but the culture up here is very, it's kind of cold and distant. So it was something I was having to learn to adjust to. Um, so I actually spent a year, um, or a little bit more actually, searching for this like perfect passion. So when I went to grad school, I knew that I did not want to be in the classroom. So when I was in grad school, I spent two years in the infant classroom. And I also did behavioral therapy with a preschooler. So I spent time in the classroom on both ends. Um, I was never fully in charge of the classroom, but even from the positions that I did hold, which they looked very different in the infant classroom and the preschool classroom, obviously, but from both of those positions, I knew I didn't want to be in the classroom. All through grad school, I had kept up my work with children on the autism spectrum and children with sensory processing disorder. Um, this is something that overflowed from when I attended Mississippi State. Um, that was one of my focuses for my undergrad degree. And it was something that I intended to pursue when I came to Boston. So Boston has um, lots of resources um, for ASD and SPD and and I wanted to get my fingers in that. I really wanted to get back into that world full time where in grad school, I was just being able to service one or two families um, at a time. And I wanted to make a bigger impact than that. So when I moved up here, I tried to do that for a bit and it just didn't work. That community up here is very tight. Um, they are all so, so, so incredibly, I don't know, intertwined. Um, so it's like there's no 
real way to get into that community because um, everyone is intertwined into the the same university groups and stuff. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't have a connection into any of those universities, so I wasn't able to. Um, I wasn't able to really get my foot in the door, so that was really disappointing. So I spent. Like I say, a year plus, um, looking for that final piece in my puzzle. So I knew that I wanted to work with infants and I knew I didn't want to be in the classroom, but I knew that parents were really important to me, but specifically new parents. Um, so I saw this need of, of parents who were coming into childcare in the infant classroom right before their parental leave was up for their, you know, orientation or to look at the classroom or chat with the teachers, meet the staff, see how the classroom runs. And they would be like disheveled and they, so many of them felt relief for wanting their child to be there so that they could have a break, but also guilt of, you know, feeling guilty for, for putting their kid in childcare. So... I was like, this is a terrible place to be in, and I feel like there's a better way to support these parents. So I began to look into it, and through my research, I was introduced to the idea of a doula by, um, by someone that I worked with, and yeah, I, I kind of found that that was the perfect way to support these parents. So addressing the guilt and the the relief part is being able to advocate for yourself and knowing that it's okay to ask for help um, and empowering those parents to do so. And so, you know, my grad school dabbling in that, that family counseling and um, the interpersonal relationships really helps me to be able to do that. As far as the disheveled look, it seemed to me that they could use some help between having a baby and the six, eight, 10, 12 weeks before you put your child in childcare so that you can return back to work. The more I looked into this, the more I realized there's an incredible need for help for new parents from birth to the first four to six weeks of life. Those weeks are incredibly hard. Um, and then I began to realize that Women's health in general needs a lot of help and a lot of support and a lot of changes, actually. Um, so I decided to train as a doula, and that was the final piece for me. So I had this background in psychology and human development and family studies, which is a multi- disciplinary study of sociology, psychology, and mental health. So all throughout grad school, um, everything was rooted in these three areas of study. So I did things a little backwards, I guess. I, um, you know, I gathered this repertoire of formal education first, um, and then I took the, the course to become a doula just to make sure that I had the specific training um, 
but it was very much a repeat of um, you know information that I learned in grad school because that information in grad school was just so in depth about all things family and human development and human interaction and um, you know then my focuses were infant development and human behavior. So when I thought about the multifaceted approach I was able to provide and the needs I had seen other women have when having babies, I decided to go for it. So I, I started a business. I wanted to provide women who were having a baby this luxurious experience of learning all about your body and your baby and educating yourself and your choices and knowing what options you have and knowing what rights you have and knowing all the choices that you can make, whatever is right for you. I wanted you to be able to choose that. I didn't want you to ever feel like you were making a choice because you thought that was your only option because most things in birth you have a choice about and I just want you to know about them and that is really just how TBH was born. So from my childhood to how I got to be where I am today and how Tranquility by He has grown over the last couple years. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to how TBH Birthing was born. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you give the other episodes a go. And if you like what you hear, hit subscribe. If you'd rather read it, they should be up on our blog as blog post. Um, not in transcript form, because who wants to read that? Rather, um, from a, a different writer's perspective. So someone who's going to listen to the podcast and write it down so you can read it. Did you know you can join our online tribes? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching The Tranquility Tribe Podcast on Facebook. And our Instagram tribe is at Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquillitybyhehe at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers.